to make your life magnificent with coaches Jackie and Amy, co-founders of The Resting Mind. We're keeping it real with Generation X women talking about the stuff that keeps you up at night. From managing the demands of your career, life, and everything in between, all while dealing with Gen X issues like finances, aging parents, perimenopause. Oh, and menopause. Oh, boy. Confidence and anxiety. ladies we've all had those dreaded moments when we need to have this conversation that we know isn't going to be easy whether it's with a co-worker or a spouse an employee or a friend we start to perseverate on the issue at hand and in turn it builds the future conversation into something bigger than it needs to be or we avoid the entire thing altogether for fear of the unknown outcome difficult conversations are necessary for healthy relationships and personal growth and we're here to help you through them in this episode, we'll help you reframe conversations and prepare for them so you can take your communication skills to the next level. Hey, Jackie. Hey, Mimi. How are you? I'm better than you. <laughs> <laughs> so Jackie is squirming in her chair because she's wearing abs- You're wearing a lovely strapless dress. It's comfy. But she's afraid her boobs are going to pop out. Well, because I have no boobs, and for some reason in the summertime, I think because I just don't eat as much that I lose my boobs, so that my dress is not staying up as easily. Well, it looks fabulous. Oh, you? thank you. And plus, Ruth is on my lap, oh, and Ruthie. she's pulling on my dress, so it makes it even worse. <laughs> it's a good thing we're not on video. It's a good thing we're not on video. It could be an X-rated... Oh my goodness, it would be explicit. Yeah, yeah. Explicit. Might, yeah. Boobs. Yeah. Explicit. We'd have to Rest. put like the little, the, little uh, the black, the block, you know, like the pixelated yes. block. That would be yes. funny. There's, although I'd look like a man, so it wouldn't matter. Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. So we are happy that you guys are here with us today to talk about this conversation. I have a question for you. What does perseverate mean? Oh, perseverate? <laughs> Perseverate means to kind of play it over and over and over and obsess oh. over it. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, what is it? Perseverate. I perseverate <laughs> a lot. I think I do too, which is why it's very common Yeah, I had feeling. to chuckle to myself when you were reading this. I said, oh, I don't know what this word means, so I'm going to ask you. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a, a new word, I guess. I yeah. Know, yeah, I don't know where that came from. Well, there you go. You learned something new today. I learned something new. I learned something new. So before we kick off, first I wanted to say thank you to a fantastic five-star review. It was left by H. Pale, and I know who this is, so I just wanted to say a huge, huge thank you for taking the time to leave this review. And she says, Mimi and Jackie are such a breath of fresh air. I'm a millennial, and although I am not the target audience for this podcast, I get so much out of every episode. Mimi and Jackie have a wealth of insight and practical advice that's easy to put into practice. Working can home, from home can feel isolating, but whenever I'm tuned into Mimi and Jackie, I feel like I'm at happy hour with a couple of super smart, funny colleagues and cheerleaders. Thank you for that review. That it's, is an amazing review. Such a smile. We thank both you. have tremendous smiles on our faces. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, you know, we want to call out also, we love our both our millennial and baby boomer sisters. So... Yes. 
Thank you for listening and leaving this review. Before we jump into this week's episode, I also wanted to remind you that if you are sick and tired of getting in your own way, schedule your 90-minute power coaching session today. You can work with either Jackie or me, Mimi, to break through the things that have been keeping you stuck. Go to our website, www.therestingmind.com, or check out this week's show notes to get in touch with us. Yay. So Mimi, happy Tuesday. We are happy to be back together again and really loving the energy of us working together. We have a lot of things coming down the line for you guys, including we are going to be doing a session for Fairy God Boss, Mm -hmm. a webinar coming Mm -hmm. up in September, as well as some other custom ideas and and options for you so that you can kind of engage with us in lots of different ways. Lots of different ways. We're excited about that. But we are really um, kind of delighted, maybe is a good word, about this week's conversation because it is about difficult conversations Mm -hmm. and we know how difficult those are. Yeah. And we're excited that we're going to be helping you through that because no matter if this is personal or professional, we really need to understand how to navigate them. Well, I've got to raise my hand here because I think it's only in the past few years that I've gotten better at these kinds of conversations. And honestly, I'm still, it's an area that I'm still practicing. Um, You know, I have never had a hard time advocating for somebody else. Like if I see someone being treated poorly, I can easily open my mouth. But when it comes to advocating for myself and having a difficult conversation, it's been a lot harder. That makes sense. And I think the reality is if you're human, you have had to have difficult conversations because conflict resolution is just part of life. And we need to recognize that. It's funny because 60% of people state that they feel stressed or anxious when they know they have a difficult conversation coming up, even though most of us have difficult conversations more regularly than we would like to admit. Um, But I think the other side of that is we can easily put our head in the sand too. So, well, it's the easy way out. It is the easy way out. But I think what happens though is when we do that, then ultimately what happens is we have an unrepairable conversation. That's correct. And a lot of times. Yes. And 50, but uh, the research shows that 50% of the people would prefer to have and put up with something negative than to actually tackle it. Sure. So I think there's a lot of layers here. I think there's a confidence issue. I think there's a people pleaser issue. And what we want to kind of share with you today and what we want you to get out of today is difficult conversations don't have to be framed that way, nor do they need to be difficult. They're just about resolution conversations and just how do we make sure that we feel comfortable because these things have to happen. Right. That's really the goal. Right. And the other thing is, I don't think that we are taught how to have these conversations. So it's a learning. It's a skill that we're building, and it will get easier over time. It does get easier. And there are times throughout my entire career where I had to have conversations that weren't quite comfortable, and sometimes they were easier than others. And I could never put my finger on why having a certain conversation with a certain person was easier than having a conversation with someone else. Sometimes it was the energy between us. Sometimes it was depending on how what what the conversation was really about. I remember one time 
there was a conversation that had to be had with a gentleman who was in our office who was watching and viewing inappropriate things. Oh boy. And that conversation was extremely uncomfortable for me. And I think because I was a woman and he was a, he was a man that I felt really uncomfortable with the entire situation. And I need, and I actually asked a, a male, um, a male colleague who was also a manager to be in the meeting with me because it made me feel more comfortable. Yeah, and I would assume so. I was going to ask you that. So, so I think sometimes you just, there are different scenarios that bring up things. And I think the reason why those shift is because there's always an emotion attached to it. So the best thing we can do before having a conversation and heading into one is really separating ourselves from the emotion that's tied into it. Right. If we can do yes. that, then we can come at things more neutral. That's right. And then be more pragmatic about right. whatever we're going to be talking about. Yes. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think the other part of that too is that I have learned is some things just aren't necessary to talk about in the light of day. And what do I mean by that? Yeah, I was going to ask you, <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, for me, I feel as though... I want to have conversations when I'm emotionally charged because something really, really bothers me, right? So I'm, because I am a direct person, I feel that I'm going to just address it. But when I sleep on it, right, I always tell clients that sometimes it's better to go to bed mad. And they're like, what? That's everything goes against everything I've ever heard. But in the light of day, when you have separated from the emotion, the heightened emotion, you can see things more clearly and see things for how they really might be, not how yes. you saw I them. I agree with this. I I really agree with it. I just know even if John and I have a really bad argument, we'll go to bed angry all the time. Because in the morning, nine times out of ten, it's blown over. We'll be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, whatever. It's not even worth getting over, you know. Right, because a lot of times it's not Or we not can even talk about bad. it more rationally. Yes. This bothered me because. Yes. That's all I was trying to say. I'm try- I was trying to get this up across. We can have that conversation. So I would rather go to bed pissed because, like you said, when you're in that heightened, so emotionally charged, it's difficult to really pull apart what's going on. And it's difficult to listen, right? Yeah. Because then you just want to be heard and you just want to be right. Right. And those, right. That's, that's where that comes from too. So when I think about situations, I, I, and you think about situations and you're listening to this and you're thinking about like, is this something I should or shouldn't address? There are a few questions you can ask that will help you understand if it's something that actually needs to be addressed or not. So If you have a pen and paper, you can write them down, or if not, we are going to add these questions to the show notes so that you can put them in your personal notes. But here's the the questions you want to ask. The first one is, what will be different in a month or three months or 12 months if this issue is resolved? So if I address this and this issue is resolved, what will be different? The other thing is, if what will be different and what will things look like in a month, three months, or 12 months if I don't resolve this issue, right? So if I let it sit, what will be different? And if you're going to build up anger and resentment, then it needs to be addressed. If it's something you're never going to think about again Mm -hmm. in the light of day, then you don't need to address it because it's just a moment in time because nobody's perfect, right? So understanding and differentiating those. And then the third one is, 
what's the worst thing that can happen if I do have this conversation, right? So if you think about the conversation, you think about the outcome, what's the worst thing that can happen? Most of the time having a difficult conversation with your husband doesn't mean you're going to get divorced. Unless you're having an affair, that's a different that's a different <laughs> thing. But for the most part, it doesn't. It's not going to lead to something that's going to disrupt your entire life. But if you don't address it, it could disrupt your entire life. But by slowly chipping away at it, so really asking yourself this these three questions is important. You know, oftentimes what I do is I just coach myself through these questions so that I can have some clarity about what really matters and what's just a, an emotional driver. So Mimi, <laughs> which is harder for you, a personal or a professional difficult conversation? Um, both, no, I, I would say personal, yeah. a personal conversation, you know, because work is work. And so you can very easily, I think, speak to the facts of, this had to be done, it wasn't, that kind of thing, right? That's it's a little bit more fact-based. Based. I think a personal conversation, there's a lot more emotion that can get, get put into the mix, so, I think. You know, I would love to share this story because I think this is a really, and we didn't talk about this, so I, I'm going to blindside you a little oh, bit, boy. so I apologize. But last year, and we've talked about this on several podcasts, how we were striving for perfection and we almost blew up the whole business. Mm -hmm. But last year, Mimi had to have a difficult conversation mm -hmm. with me because she didn't think she wanted to do this anymore. Yeah. So, and I was nervous about it. Right. So maybe that's a great exercise yeah. for us to talk through. Could you talk us and talk our listeners through, like, how did you prepare yourself for that? What emotions came up? And then how did you feel after you had the conversation? I felt, so I, so just a little background we had gone through a little bit of a rough patch, not Jackie and I, just, I think the business, Yes. right? Yes. And so the bit, like we felt like nothing, a couple of things blew up, N not terrible, but things that were supposed to happen, happen didn't, didn't happen. So we were both frustrated. And we both and felt I think like our there was energy, no momentum. We both felt like there was no momentum. And I think our, both of us personally, our energy was kind of like, eh, you know, yeah. we were feeling frustrated, not with each other, but just separately frustrated. And I had gone on a business trip separately and I, and it was a kind of like a coaching retreat. And so when you show up in that kind of energy and you start talking about things, you know, it's kind of like, well, what's the first thing do you want to, what could make this you feel better? And at that time, this was the, I felt like yes. this was the top pressure. So I was like, made me really start to second guess. And I think I was also starting to second guess my contribution. I think that was really what came down to the core. I was like, maybe this is more Jackie's idea than mine. Right. You know? And so I had left that weekend thinking, I think that I'm holding Jackie back mm -hmm. because I don't know if this is really... Your passion. My passion. Not so much my passion. Yeah, maybe a little bit. It was I didn't know if it was so much my passion. I didn't know if it was so much my zone of genius. Okay. That's, yeah, that's fair. That's what I thought. Which is so, so not true because she's an incredible coach. But, but you know, but I was having self-doubts. And, th and this is interesting also because you're going to hear about how it like really resolved itself. So anyway, I come back. And I know Jackie and I are going to meet on like Tuesday to have our regular meeting. And she could pops on there and she's like, ah, 
And we were Zooming because I was at my mom's because she just had knee surgery. That's right. And I was spending the week taking care of my mom while she was recuperating. And just Jack's like, how's your trip? I'm like, it was good, but it really unearthed some stuff for me that I want to talk to you about. And that's how we have the conversation. And I was, it was hard because... I was like, I think this is what I want to do because this is where I'm feeling. And I knew I was personally hurting you. Right. Because it's like we've had this dream and like. And she pulled the plug on my dream. And I pulled the plug (laughs) on a dream and I was like, but I don't think we were overly emotional. I just said, I think, I don't know. I think this is more your baby than mine and I think I'm holding you back. Right. Right? Is that fair? Yes, that's exactly what you said. Yeah. And you said, I just don't know if this is really my zone of genius. You didn't say it that way. Your wheelhouse, I think, yeah. is how you said yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and so Jackie, very, she was really gracious and she was like, I don't agree with you. Um, I didn't because, because, because listen to us together. Yeah, and, I, right. I, I knew the magic. It. She knew the magic. She goes, I don't agree with you. I think you're like, you're second guessing yourself. And sometimes she knows me well enough to know sometimes I second guess myself. She says, I think you're second guessing yourself. But why don't we do this? Why don't we... Give it a week and see how you... If she gave me the space I need. I mean, this is a really... This is like akin to like saying I want a divorce. Right. Kind that's of, right? exactly right. I want to so, dissolve yeah. the business. It's so, exactly what it's like. She's like, let's give it a week and come back and see how we feel. So she gives me a lot. She gave me a lot of space. Well, and, and I will say because it was, emo- it was emotional for me because I... And had I could these tell it was. Yeah. And I also knew that I didn't want to push Mimi to follow something that wasn't in her heart because it was good for me. Right. So I wanted to give her the space to really explore that, even though the outcome, to talk about what the outcome could look like, may not look the way I want it to look. Right. But I also had a lot of beliefs in what we were going to be doing to know that it wasn't going to die, it just made pivot. Yeah. Yeah. Which is exactly what happened. So So Jackie gave me the space and I could tell she was disappointed, like, yes. which crushed, you know, which broke my heart. But it was like, I, I had to have the conversation. Absolutely. So what happened was a couple of things. Number one, we both realized that, like, we were pushing too hard. Yep. You know, we were striving for perfection. And I think that's why we were both personally feeling frustrated, which probably is why I had that energy in the first place, right? And like I said, the timing, the timing actually worked out because – like I said, I was going to this coaching retreat where I was getting coached, and it was like the first thing I got coached on, right? right? So in hindsight, the timing was perfect it because was perfect. it probably would have been something we would have just put our heads in the sand until yes. it blew up later on, yes. right? So we realized that we were pushing too hard, and we really took the time to figure out what our strengths were. And that's when Jackie was, I was like, Jackie's the genius between the content and the coaching direction. I'm a coach. I love to coach. Jackie's brilliant at it. I love the business building. That's my, that's, I love, I love that stuff. I love to get into the nuances of building the business. So when we really broke things apart, like we broke it down to the point where it was like, Jackie's great at meeting people. I'm great at building the relationship. Yes. That's exactly right. So we had to break, we sat down and we broke, so long story short, then we decided to keep going. We got back on the horse and so thrilled we did. But it was a hard conversation. I was nervous about it. I hated having to have it. But I'm glad, though, we did because now we're Right. Like, Look at where we are yeah. eight months later. And, and also the energy of coming back 
together and recognizing she knew that if it wasn't resolved, she wasn't going to be happy in three months, six months, a year. Right. Right. If she didn't say this out loud, if she kept going the way we were going, that the outcome wasn't going to make her happy. So that's going back to those questions of if I don't resolve this, what is this going to look like in six months or a year? Right. And that's exactly those things. Well, I think also we would have just been building we would have been building on top of that, but at the core of it was some real, like, frustrated energy from both of us that had to come out. Yes. That yes. we were trying to be too perfect, that things... And I think that's probably also why, in a strange kind of way, these things that seem to be out of our control, like Jackie's TED Talk wasn't recorded. Like, yes. how frustrated, how crushing was that for Jackie? It was. You know? That it, it was... And we were like... Maybe it's a sign, you know? That's exactly right. We were like, oh, maybe that's a sign. And then there was another interview that I did in the company that interviewed me. It was supposed to be this big, uh, this big project they that they were funding got the funding went away. Oh. And so I was like, wow, these two big things are now and, gone. And, and there was something else, too, which I forgot what it was. Maybe yeah. it was smaller. But, like, it happened, like, boom, 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 right yes. after the other. Yeah. So, so, and the reason why we're bringing this up is because you need to – we want to show you that we put our money where our mouth is. We don't live with putting our head in the sand, even when something is uncomfortable. Yeah. We just try to figure out the best way to communicate that. Yeah. And we want to empower you to do the same thing, because that's really that's really going to change your life. So let's talk about how we do that. And I think the first Wow, thing, we didn't expect to go into that. that no, we good. didn't. But that I was, was good. it came up for me this morning, yeah. and I was like, oh, and I, I should have worn <laughs> Maybe I, I shouldn't actually, have no, I'm glad you didn't because I explained it right the way it happened. Exactly. And so so the first thing, when you go into a difficult conversation, a lot of times, what do we do? We think to ourselves, oh my goodness, I have to have this difficult conversation. And when you go into anything thinking and believing that, guess what? You're going to bring that energy of difficult conversation. So we want you to reframe that. It's not a difficult conversation. You're going to have an open dialogue. You're going to have a communication about trying to find a resolution. And if you can go into a situation like that, then what will happen is the energy you come to the conversation with will be even, and you will not take everything that the other person says as a negative because you won't be looking through the lens of this is going to be difficult right. no matter what. Right. And I think too often we do that. And there's a lot of research about how about energy and how it plays into conversations and how, how you go into a conversation with the beliefs and thoughts actually dictates the energy around that. And there are leaders that practice this open dialogue versus difficult conversation, and the results are so much more oh, staggeringly better. Because your energy field, you know, goes out three feet. So if that's the energy you come mm. with, which is I'm curious and I'm I'm going to have this open dialogue, then that's the energy you're bringing and that's what they're picking up on. So even your body language tends to be different. Sure. Your, the way you communicate tends to be different. And, you know, using new language, like I've got to have an open dialogue or direct conversation as opposed to, you know, this difficult conversation is a subtle shift that you'll see a difference. With. Yeah. And Jackie, like you said, you're just talking about energy. I want to say that when you start a conversation thinking like, why do I have to have this conversation or shouldn't this person know, you're really starting from a level two catabolic broken down energy, right? So imagine being even greeted, like even if you're trying 
right? You have a smile on your face, so you're kind of gritting your teeth and you're saying, but you really have this negative energy. Imagine being on the receiving end of that. You feel like you need to be defensive, right? Yeah, so you feel like it's a blame. Yeah, you feel like it's a blame. So when you feel, and you also may also wobble even to a one, like a level one where it's like, you know, why do I even have to do this? That kind of thing. So you want to, a level five energy would be, what they call a win-win, where everyone in the conversation wins. It's really hard to go from a level two to a level five, but you want to get it, get yourself into a place where it's in a more positive anabolic level. So one way to do that is to get really clear on the result that you want, right? Great point. You may not, sometimes you may want, you may be thinking, well, I'm just going to get, have this conversation, get off my chest. Again, that's not really clear on the result. What do you want to do to make it? What do you want out of this? What is the resolution? What's the resolution? You need to be clear on that. Yeah. We talk about this all the time. I mean, this is a basic coaching practice. No matter where you are in your life, if you have no idea where the destination is that you want to go for, if you don't set your compass, Forget about it. You're yeah. never going to get there. So, so know what you want. Like, know, know what's, what it, what's the resolution here. And not how you're going to get there, right? Nobody, you can't tell somebody how to dictate or how to react. Mm-hmm. But you can under you can go into it thinking, I would like for them to see my point. I would like for them to be heard. Or I'd like to listen to them on what's they're, they're going on, you know, what's going on behind, behind and in their own mind. Because, you know, if we approach a conversation with, what I like to call curiosity. Yes. Versus blame. Yes. Then you're heading into it. Curiosity, my word of the year. It is your word of the year. Mm-hmm. That's why I thought of you when I thought about oh. this. Because you, you know, you want to be curious on why your employee hasn't been performing up to expectations. You want to be curious on why your husband isn't helping out around the house. And you want to be curious on, you know, maybe a coworker and why they embarrassed you in a meeting. Mm-hmm. If you go into a conversation with that curiosity versus a blame, right? I'm blaming my husband for not for not stepping up. I'm blaming my employee for not performing. Then all of a sudden you're going into that just saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And when you go into that, there's no resolution in that. No, you're just no. trying to be and the again, parent. be the person on the other side. I'm hiccuping. <laughs> but be the person on the other side. Oh, do you want to, how would you react? I have nothing to add to this. I think you said it brilliantly. And I also think that curiosity is something that really will change that energy level from catabolic to anabolic. Yeah, and it's, it's again, it's opening opening things up. And then you want to also separate out the behavior from the intention. Again, thinking about those examples, is your husband's intention to make you carry the weight of the household no i don't think so right is your is your boss's intention to make you feel lesser than probably not maybe i mean maybe maybe but you can't go into it thinking that there's an intention you need to go into that thinking that you know what is your what is the impact it has on you versus your perceived intention so what do i mean by that you know, there are times when your passive aggressive coworker does absolutely want to put you down, right? They do. There are times when you have that kind of relationship. However, more often than not, people don't have malintent in the circumstances you're upset about. So when you're about to have this direct conversation, try to separate out the impact of the situation 
and what it had on you from what you perceived the intent to be. Yeah. Because those are very two clear differentiators. I think it's very similar to a glass half full and glass half empty approach, right? Like you can decide how you want to look at the situation. And if you think that everyone is out to get you, then guess what? Like that's the, that's how you're going to show up and that's the energy you're going to project, yes. right? So, yes. And I'm sure we all know people that they think everyone's out to get them. When the truth is, it's like, no, it, it was, you know, you're just perceiving it that way. Yes. So decide how you want to perceive things. And this is where, you know, choice comes in, right? Mm-hmm. That whole idea of deciding, it's where choice comes in and while, and when the, situation happens if you can give yourself space then you can make a choice that will be more in alignment with with how you want to react you know focus on focusing on how you feel versus what they did so even when you talk with a coworker or you talk with a boss explaining that you felt a certain way is very different than saying you did something, right? So just being able to do that. And then, you know, we always talk about this, right, Mimi? Preparation. Like, we, you need to mm. be prepared before That's right. you have a conversation. That's why you may want to sleep on it, right? Yes. Like, and write things down. Or have your objective. Like, what do I want to get out of this? That's all part of preparation. Because when, when you ask yourself what would be the best outcome or what are the five points that I want to get across or what do I want to make sure that I get acknowledged, then then you can go into that really knowing what that looks like. Because the last thing I want to do is walk away from a conversation and say, oh my goodness, I didn't bring up X, Y, and Z. Right. And now what happens is everything that you discussed and every outcome that you had, you're going back to step one because that's stewing, right? It's brewing underneath because you didn't bring it up. So preparation is really um, critical so that you can have those crucial conversations and move them forward. Yeah. So I recently read this really good article. It's called How to Have a Reasonable Conversation with Someone You Disagree With. I mean, it could not, the times that and we're the living top, in. The, the title is perfectly yeah. um, titled reasonable. reasonable Conversation with Someone That You Disagree With versus yeah. Someone Who's Difficult. So you're not putting the blame. That's Sorry, right. small nuances. Yeah, but, it's but no, it's, and it was a brilliant article. So it's also, uh, it was written by someone um, I'm going to link it in the show notes. She also has this podcast called The Changed Podcast Stories of Pivotal Moments. Really good. So I suggest checking them out. But one point in this article was to find something that you agree on and go into the conversation being clear on how this can be a benefit to both of you. What a perfect example of level five win-win in energy. Yes. So again, it, it's really worth the read and I will link it in the show notes. But you know, imagine having to be being able to have these tough conversations and get a positive outcome, right? Like no more stewing and feeling anxious about things. You really have a game plan going into the conversation. And I like that idea that you said about mutually beneficial because I think oftentimes we think of conversations as win-lose. As win-lose. Or how am I going to benefit from right. that? Right. I need to benefit from this conversation. But in reality, even if it's a conversation about how an employee acted or a friend acted or whatever, the benefit is you're showing them and you're sharing with them how you feel and how what they might have thought is a comment that shouldn't have impacted you impacted you so they they are it's going to be a win for them too Mm -hmm. so really getting to that that mindset when you're having these and when you're and then when you walk away from that discussion then you can all feel like 
I feel better. You feel, I feel better. Lighter. The other thing is, and we didn't really talk about this before, but it becomes a habit. So now, again, it embeds the skill of having a difficult conversation. It's not that scary. It's not that scary. So the more we do this, you get more versed in having to have effective, difficult conversations. And you can start off by doing this in small ways. You know, a lot of times I'll work with clients and about. It could be career coaching and all of a sudden something comes up and they'll say to me, during the pandemic, my husband put, you know, my husband and I both work full time, but the homeschooling fell completely on me. And I'm stressed and I'm angry and I'm frustrated and this and I'm that. And I'll say, well, have you spoken to your husband about this? No, I don't want to bring it up. It's going to be too adversarial. It's going to be too... Why? Why is it going to be adversarial? Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden they're going into this this whole conversation or the thought process that it's going to be difficult or adversarial or it's going to start a fight. And in reality, the husband may not even know what to do. And all you have to say is, can we figure out something so that we can take, so that you can take some of this responsibility right. off right. my plate? It right. would be super helpful. Because again, what happens when you don't have this a difficult conversation? You have an unrepairable conversation. And those are the types of things that are the things that chip away at something like a marriage or things that chip away at a friendship, your, at a friendship or your, your culture at work, mm-hmm. right? Those are the things that chip away. So some things, absolutely, you should roll them off your back. You don't have to bring everything up. Some of those things are your own interpretation of a situation, but there are, there are those that stay with you. And if you feel like you're going to be in an argument and you're going to bring that up or you're going to be doing a review about somebody at right. work and bring it up, then that's where you should be having a conversation. You need to put your big girl pants on mm-hmm. and recognize, like, I need, to, I need to grow up and do this. Yeah. Yeah. My big girl pants. Well, we're both wearing skirts. <laughs> So my tough skins. Did you have tough tough skins when you were little? No, what a tough skin. Well, you probably because you didn't have a brother. No. So tough skins. They were. Oh my God! If any of you guys are out there, please let me know that you remember this. My brothers would wear tough skins. They were not denim, really, but they were. I never heard of these tough skins. That's what they were called. They were pants. They were like casual play pants. Okay. But they were. That's what they were called, tough skins. Okay, but they right. weren't necessarily denim. I felt like they came in colors. I'm going to have to look them up. Maybe we'll find them and put them in the show notes. Yeah. Tough skins. I don't know what they are. <laughs> you know that, brother? Tough skins, <laughs> tough conversations, yeah. tough love. Yeah. Yeah. Put your tough skins on. So, you know, one of the things, Mimi, that I wanted to share with the audience, and guys, when you're listening, this is a, such a nuance, but so powerful. When you have conversations that, that you're going into, and you're asking questions, a lot of times we'll say things like, why did you make that comment in a meeting? Or why did you embarrass me in front of our friends when you mentioned that I'm sloppy or I don't contribute at, the, at home, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that looks like. And all of a sudden, when you hit, when you say why, what happens, right? It's a blame. When yes. you say why, it automatically blames. So the person on the receiving end- Is defensive. Is defensive. A very small nuance is how, right? Remember, if you ask questions using how instead of why, it can change every single thing. So how do we get to a place where I'm feeling that you don't take my needs into account is very different than, you know, saying, why did you disregard my request? (laughs) 
Right? Here, why did you just require my request to fold the towels? Right, exactly. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't say that, but why didn't you fold the towels? Right. Right? Why right. didn't you fold the towels? Or how can you how can we get to a place where you can contribute more and help me in the household more. Yeah. Not why do you sit and watch TV? John and I had this John and I have this ongoing debate, total side so the way he folds jeans is different the way I fold jeans. Now I am sure the way I fold them is correct because I worked at the gap. There you go. So I'm sorry. Yes. But after being married for over almost twenty five years we agree we agree to disagree and he will make a point he says i folded your jeans the way you like me to fold them oh see yeah he, he will do that for me he and he makes a that. point to let me know that he's doing it because he still feels his way is right but he's, but doing he's it gonna for do you. it yeah and that's yeah. a good compromise yes it's a good compromise and that's what a good conversation has that's yeah how, that's the outcome that you wanted in that conversation right right exactly instead <laughs> because of saying why you were, i know i worked at the gap to, to get to the next point because you were specific and succinct mm -hmm. you know have you ever gone into a meeting on the receiving end of a, of a conversation where that had to be had about something that a behavior that you might have done that someone didn't agree with and the person is rambling and rambling and rambling and rambling and they're not getting to their point. And the more you ramble in these conversations, the less you're landing the plane and the less people can actually follow along. Well, that's right. Right? So you just need to be succinct and specific. And that's why preparation is so important. Which gets us to the next point. You have to be a good listener, oh, right? Yes. We all could be better listeners. And... Listen, you know, listen to what the other person is saying also. Listen to learn, not to respond. Yes, listen to you know? learn, not to respond. So how often are we listening, but we're really not paying attention because we're trying to figure out what we're going to say next or yeah. get our point across or right. speak over someone. And it's not a tennis match. No. So listening is not about preparing to hit the ball back, but truly listening to listen, right? Because a lot of times we do that too. We're like, okay, I'm going to say this back. But... Well, who cares? This is not a combat. This is not a tennis match. This is not about pinging and ponging back and forth. This is more so about how do we, how do we take into account other people's feelings and emotions and do something back so that they don't feel as though we are doing something disrespectful or disregarding, right? Or whatever else they might be feeling. And then you know, don't forget to be buffer the conversation with what's working. Sure. I mean, there's always things that could be working. Yes. You mean, so, you know, going into saying like, hey, you never do anything around the house to your husband is a very accusatory thing. Meanwhile, he works, you know, 60 hours a week outside of the home and mows the lawn. I was just going to say that. Does yeah. the finances or whatever else he does. You know, there are things. And so when you make blanket statements like that, it can be very, uh, it, it's just, it's just not healthy. So make sure that you are you know buffering the i appreciate when you blah 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 is there any way that you can yes. yeah right and another yes absolutely you want to be everyone wants to be acknowledged for what they're doing well so be you do too so yeah. be sure to point that out another thing don't use the word you oh it's such a trigger right? nobody understands it, that. right yeah just even so, say marisa i don't i don't like the way you blah 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 all of a sudden you're like Right. I, although I have to say, I tried this once when John was driving. I don't like the way John drives. This is no secret. He drives like a lunatic. <laughs> I, and, and how did it work? It didn't work? I said to him, um, 
we were on the Long Island Expressway. He was driving really fast. And I said, I'm, I'm feeling uncomfortable. So can you please slow down? And do you know he pulled over and made me drive? Well, you said you. Can you please, can you please slow oh, down? Oh, so what should I have said? I, I thought I did okay because I said, I'm feeling uncomfortable. I didn't say your driving's out of control, <laughs> which it was. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's going to be his visceral reaction no matter what. Probably. But I think, I don't know. How could you have said that? Um, speed makes me uncomfortable. Is there any way that we can be going the speed limit? (laughs) Oh my God. Speed is making me really uncomfortable. I wanted to just share that. Okay. He still is going to pull over. He still, he doesn't care. He doesn't, he thinks he's got nothing. (laughs) He tells me to close my eyes. Close your eyes. Yeah. This is an ongoing, this is a difficult conversation we're still having. Well, because he refuses to. Budge, and that's just his his res. He doesn't want to resolve things because he's not listening. Right, but you know what you we can't did? make somebody listen. No, you know what we did the last time though is when we went to my mom's, we took separate cars. Right, or you drive. Yeah, and then just say, look, okay, I'm gonna drive. Yeah, because I'm unco- yeah I'm uncomfortable. I'm so uncomfortable. That's 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 the solution. Um, you know, the other thing is when after having this conversation, there are steps that we need to take. Right, so having the conversation is just one part of this, right? That's the big part, right? It's the preparation before the conversation. Mm -hmm. It's the conversation itself and then after the conversation because it's not over after the conversation happens. We want you to check your emotions and analyze them because did you come up with the solution you were hoping for? Were your assumptions about the situation misinterpreted? Were you being more emotional around the situation than you needed to be? Because this will help you not react the next time something happens. You know, the other thing is also be clear on what the follow-up is. Like, don't let this conversation go into the ether, right? So, you know, this is also, obviously, in a work or professional, you definitely do want to follow up, especially if it's a corrective kind of behavior conversation. But even personally, have what's the plan of action here? How are we going to make sure that, you know, even in a friendship, if someone does something that triggers... Agree that, you know, there's a way that you can have this conversation to say, I'm triggered again. And without it blowing up into a big thing, like what, how are we going to resolve this over the long term? Because it may be something that's built on habit or subconscious beliefs. So we didn't even really talk about that. But what's the ongoing check-in to make sure that this is, continues to be productive? I love right? that idea because I think that for so many of us, we walk away and we think that it's that it's over or we don't check in or even to the point where checking in could be I really appreciate that you didn't bring that up again I really appreciate that you did the laundry for me today that could even be a check-in it's that positive reinforcement on someone else's behaviors or actions there was an article I read I'll see if I can find it and I will um put it in the show notes. I think it was the New York Times Modern Love co- column it was. And it was this woman who was like either a dog trainer or oh yeah. Did you, and no, but she, I can understand. And she decided to use she was an animal trainer. I think it was a dog trainer. And she decided to use the techniques on her that she used with her husband. And it, and worked. it worked. I did it with my daughter. You did? I did. Yeah. When she was little, I had this M&M machine, and I'd say, can you blah, 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 when she would do it, I'd give her one M&M. Yeah. And I didn't tell her I was going to give her no. the M&M. I just rewarded her. Behavioral yeah. rewarding. Yeah. I'm going to, I'll look it up, and I'll, I, I chuckled to myself, but it was brilliant. Yes. And it worked. So, you know, 
It does we're work. all and I think it animals also at the end of the day. Well, we're all animals at the end of the day. And I also think it works because we don't, which is a whole other episode, but we don't spend enough time acknowledging the things other people do for us. Yeah. And, and giving them accolades for small things that make our life better. Yeah. So yeah, we don't take the time to even be aware of them. No, we don't. We don't. So maybe that's an episode we should do. But, you know, kind of on the heels of that, as you wrap up this conversation, thank the person for participating and being open to listening. Um, Even if if you still feel like it's heated, like leave on an upbeat note so that you can continue this conversation. Um, Yeah, like it reminds me overall, my thought on difficult conversations, I don't like to have them. I've been a weenie about having them in the past, although I've gotten a lot better. But I feel like they're a vaccination. It pinches and then it's like the results of it, though, are, are worth it. What a great analogy, especially during Especially COVID. during, I know. Well, <laughs> but that's a really, it's a good analogy. It's, it, it hurts for a minute. Yeah. But the, at, the, at the end of it or at the back end of it, the, you know, the benefits are it. tremendous. It's, it's tremendous. It. Um, one other book that I remember when I first was introduced to this concept, a good friend of mine recommended this book, which I read years ago. Me too. I read this book you years did? ago. I yeah. think I still have it on my Kindle. How, oh, that's how interesting. How ironic is that? Yeah. yeah. It's called, that's, we didn't even no, talk that I, we read this book. No. So it's called Crucial Conversations, Tools for Talking When the Stakes Are High. So I'm going to link it in the show notes. It's very worth it. So we are so glad that you made it to the end of this episode. Thank you. And we know that conversations are difficult. You know, one thing I didn't mention, that's so funny. One thing I didn't mention now that it's the end of the episode. So if you're listening, I'm going to tell you an antidote story. But I have a couple of friends who are the kinds of people who said they never talked about things that bothered them. Mm. They grew up in households. Mm -hmm. So we didn't, so I apologize. But they grew up in households where talking about your feelings or talking about what's bothering you isn't something that they did. They just pushed everything down, pushed everything down. So one of the things I want to bring up is if that is, if you take a look back on kind of your beliefs and your thoughts around having difficult conversations, before you even have the conversation, you may have to do the work necessary to recognize the benefits of it. That might be step one. Sure. Because if you are the kind of person who pushes everything down and you're the volcano or you're the person who believes that I'm supposed to hold my emotions in, then then the idea of even having the conversation is going to be going to be near impossible. Right. So, so just recognize that if that's an upbringing thing that you can actually get to a point where you get more comfortable. So check, you know, put your toe in the water like slowly and try it out because it will make you feel so much better. It will. Absolutely. All right. All right, ladies. We loved having you with us today. If you like this episode, please leave us a review so we can help. It goes a long way in helping other Gen X ladies find us. So they can have a magnificent life as well. You ready? I am. Cheers Cheers to your magnificence. If you like this episode, leave us a review. It'll help more Gen X ladies find us so they can make their life magnificent.